The Cardiff City Show on GTFM is sponsored by Moonerums, your local personal injury solicitors. Get in touch by calling Cardiff 02920 483 615. That's Cardiff 02920 483 615. So, good evening. Welcome along to the uh, Cardiff City phone-in uh, once again. And on the panel tonight, we have Simon Richards, who is a stu- student of mine from about 20 years ago. So yeah, makes you feel old. <laughs> Nigel, Nigel Harris with a, with a fine Joe Stremmer t-shirt on this evening. Welcome along to you. Yeah, we put the lawn in the lawn one. Joe Stremmer lawn mowing. <laughs> that's brilliant i love that i love that kind of stuff first thing we've got to talk about is obviously the weekend and and you know and the liverpool match um just a well, as near as damn it seven thousand uh Cardiff city fans uh simon up there you know to, to to watch the match um and i know a couple of people i didn't go and i know people who went and they were leaving like half four up was five in the morning something crazy to get up there in time for this ludicrous um noon kickoff but when you saw the lineup for the game if i'm honest when i did mm. yeah and i saw that liverpool were quite keen to do well in the cup and i saw the lineup that they put out i honestly thought we do well to keep it below six yeah definitely it was a it was kind of a cricket score scenario almost wasn't it because yeah. I, I did i get what uh, steve's doing you know and it's it's a bold move to try and get to blood some youngsters in a game like that at anfield against one of the best sides in europe yeah and it can work to both ways. And my big worry was any momentum that we built up over the last couple of games would have been dashed by a six or seven nil defeat, you know. And when you're a young player, it's all based on confidence, isn't it? You have good games and, you you know, it's completely expected that you have bad games. But having a bad game on in a place like Anfield with, you know, was it 50,000 fans there in total and 7,000 Bluebirds fans could really have pushed those players, some of those young players, back into their shells as well. So I was really worried when I saw the the, the, uh, the team. And I know that was shared across all the forums and the social areas. But in the end, I thought, you know, they, I thought the young players did absolutely fantastically well. Great performance all around. On another day, we might, you know, given them a bit more to think about towards the end of the game. We might have been in the game a bit more. Some interesting decisions. I know we like to yeah, talk we'll, about we'll, referee decisions we'll come, in a we'll bit. Come on, we'll come on to yeah, those. Something for that, later on. Yeah. Um, we'll come on to those. Actually, do you want to talking about? We, we were just talking off air before we came on, and you said about um, you know what you do these days, and there's there is a slight connection, isn't there, to to referee? And do you want to tell us about that? Yeah. Well, I started a company in 2016, and I was telling you about this early, but it's um, I woke up in January the first, 2016, and, and I knew the Euros were coming up, and I, my, I was taking my son, who was 15 at the time, out. Um, we couldn't go out to the Russia game because he had GCSEs, but I thought, well, how am I going to afford this? I've got it's going to cost an absolute fortune. So I started sort of sending emails out and uh, saying, well, do you need any extra work done to some of the or, or sports organizations I've worked with previously? And the result was, anyway, I started a company called eCoach and we do um, online training for sports organizations. And we work with loads of NGBs and uh, all the football associations in the UK. But one of the things we do that we're, uh, is one of our sort of niche areas is online training for referees. So we provide online training for new referees coming into the game. You know? So yeah. they do a, a course on all the laws of the game and then they do face-to-face session with the referees and ask questions and, and all the rest of it. And um, so I'm quite sort of, I would say, close to a number of referees. I totally understand how difficult a job being a referee is. You know? And one of the big issues that we face in football at the moment is that the abuse that referees get on a daily basis, on social media, face-to-face, from parents, from coaches is really causing a shortage of referees across the grassroots game, across the whole of the UK. I mean, on some weekends, up to 60% of games haven't got referees because there's such a massive shortage. Mm-hmm. So 
And I always think, well, you know, it's fine to have an opinion on a referee. So we don't, we're not always going to agree with the referees either, are we? Because they're human beings and they're, you know, sometimes going to make mistakes. But actually, the abuse that you see on social media and all the rest of it is just going to damage the game massively. And, you know, I've seen that firsthand. Um, and that's one of my sort of worries, I think, that, that going forward, you know, we might find ourselves really in, in trouble as a, as a sport in the UK because that shortage, the referee is such a key part of the game, you know? Yeah. And, and the referee yesterday, we, we're, still, we're still able to put the boot in, aren't we? <laughs> well, you guys, can, I couldn't possibly say, but no, I mean, yeah, there was some some, some can, decisions that are worthy of yeah. conversation. We, we, we can draw. We can we can, we can uh, you know discuss a few uh, possibilities. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what is it is it Mr. is it no connections with a certain Mr. Cooper at all? Is there and on all in this? <laughs> I've never no, I haven't spoken to Keith Cooper for years. I used to, yeah. gosh, I used to do the show with him back in about two thousand and one, I think, with uh, with, with Keith Cooper. And his, yeah. his son, son's doing rather well. He had a good, good yeah. afternoon yesterday, didn't he, as well? Yeah. To be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, he's, he's doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not, Nigel, <laughs> Not, Nigel um, talking about people do it, doing all right. Um, I, w- I was blown away. There was one player who really, you know, I'm sure a lot of people say the same thing. I, I saw his name. I've never seen him play. I don't even know what he looks like. Uh, Denham, what a, what a performance yesterday. Fantastic, quite really mature, wasn't it? You know, I, I thought he had a, a great game positionally. He's closing down, he's marking, um, yeah. comfortable on the ball. Yeah, was he really a Cardiff City centre back? Yeah. He didn't seem unlike the rest we've had, yeah. but no, he did really. I did see him, um, earlier in the season. He had a debut against um, Brighton in the, uh, the cup, cup game, Carlin Cup game, yeah. and they lost that night. But yeah, it's going to be like a lot of our young players, you don't want to overplay them because. As we see with Ruben Carwell, the talent is there, but he's not going to produce it every week, and he's not producing it over ninety minutes. But no. if you introduce them gradually, and we don't overburden them, as you know, we saw with Mick McCarthy a few weeks ago, where he was, you know, had five of them in the team, and it, and you, you can see there's talent there. I mean, more so than Eli King. I mean, Eli wasn't, you know, he, he, because of the, you know, we're playing against one of the best midfields in, in Europe. Absolutely, you know, he, did, yeah. he, he wasn't. He wasn't able to shine there, but kind of Ollie had to because he was playing up against some fantastic strikers. And yeah, I, I, I thought he I, an awesome performance. I mean, look at the, as well the squad. Uh, and then Curtis was was there on the TV watching on. I don't know how far off being fit he is. Of course, we had the terrible injury, which we'll come on to later to, to oh, Sean yeah. Morrison. Um, and you know we're not really overburdened with with central defenders. I, I I imagine I know you you get nine subs in the FA Cup. I think seven in the league, but it wouldn't surprise me to see him in and around the squad going forward. Nigel, would you? I'd be surprised if he's not in on the bench uh, yeah. going forward yeah. because yeah, obviously Sean's out now and won't be playing again this season. And Kieran Brown, who was the other centre back, has been loaned out. So mm. there's there's a place on that bench for him. I don't think he'll be playing unless you know we get other players injured. But you know they they can be very comfortable, and if something does happen and they need to turn to yeah. him, yeah, uh, he's going to be able. You know, someone you should be able to rely on. He looks like a bit of a big lad as well, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's got he's obviously got to build up because he looks quite slight his build, doesn't he? But yeah. uh, you know, he needs that bit of nastiness as a centre back. But you can see he's got he's got the yeah. ability. It's not in so, question. Sorry, Simon. No, I was just saying. Well, he's sent him to one of the gyms in Kafili. I know yeah. he'll come out. He'll be. Absolutely oh, yeah. like that. <laughs> he won't be able to run. Square, yeah, he won't be able to move. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it'll stop anyone as long as they're running directly at yeah. him. Um, no, I was just going to say, being optimistic, you can probably say that we might be out of relegation trouble within X amount of games, and therefore it's a good time then to start blooding the youngsters towards the end of the season because 
mid-table sort of safety you'd imagine. I, I might be being overly optimistic there, but hopefully that'll be the case and we can start, um, you know, getting these players ready for more game yeah. time next season. I mean, it, it, that obviously, you know, just, uh, again, reaffirms what a massive game Wednesday is against Peterborough. Mm. And it was it was just the way these things work out, you know, that we, we our cup run, you know, we beat Preston, uh, that we that we, <laughs> that we ended up with Liverpool, you know, and luckily it was away because obviously rev- revenue-wise, but, it, you know, yeah. it was a game which was sandwiched between two of the most important games of the season, you know, Barnsley, which, you know, we, we got a great result at, although I think to some, some extent we were quite lucky that I actually, uh, and, now, and now Peterborough on Wednesday, but Peter, Peter, if we win that one, Simon, then, mm. you know, we, we might be getting a bit of headway. I think it's a game that, you know, it's an obvious six-pointer, isn't it? Now the side can yeah. afford to lose. Um, but, you know, we're getting towards the, the kind of business end now. And I, I imagine, it, I think it's going to be quite a feisty affair, actually. Yeah, you'd have thought so, because those, I mean, we've seen plenty of those games over the years, haven't we? Haven't we? And they, they're so important to the, the clubs that play in them and, and to the players as well. It's hugely important that everything's on the line, you know, so you can forget performance. There's no the performances of no importance on games like that. I know we'd love to see you know the boys knocking the ball around beautifully and sort of Pep style football, but it's all about the points. You know it has to be 100 all about the points. And like you say, once you start building that points gap, if you're at the top of the table, the points gap is is less meaningful because the teams behind you generally are winning, not they? They're picking up a lot of points towards the bottom of the end of the table where it's more of a struggle to get those points. That sort of gap of nine, ten, eleven points suddenly becomes. You know, quite, quite, quite large, and and I hopefully it gives us a bit of security if we do get a good result in the in yeah. the week. Let's bear yeah. in mind for Peterborough, for example, Nigel. Yeah, when when Peterborough come to us on Wednesday, they're thinking exactly the same thing as us. You know, if they can beat us, they're back in the mix, and we're one of the sides. You know, it's one of the games is winnable, isn't it? It's the same as last midweek, isn't it? Barnsley away. You know, had we lost to them, um, we would have felt the whole lot of trouble, um, and yeah. we would have been. Um, and I was really pleased with Barsley game. It was a dreadful match, worst game of the season. As uh, and it, there's been a few contenders there, but it's a spectacle. <laughs> it was dire, wasn't it? Quite but, an accolade. Yeah, we we won ugly and yeah. I kept the clean sheet. And probably 18 months since we could last say that about City that they, you know, we've had some good away wins this season. But that was a, you know, real ugly when they just had to tough it out, hang in there. Only had the one chance really and took it. And and if they did that again on Wednesday. Um, I'd be happy enough with that, you know. If we if we win by a couple, even better. But if we if we have to turn in that sort of display, as long as we put three points on the board, uh, yeah, we'll all be happy at past nine on Wednesday night. The yeah. Barnsley Barnsley match. I mean, there was some there <sighs> was some really um, you know. I mean, the challenge on on Doughty. I mean, that's a leg breaker, you know. Well, you know, we haven't had the benefits of ref decisions, have we? The last couple. No, of I know, no. you know, I know. Simon was saying, let's not go on about the rest, but. You know, it, and the difference is obviously in these days of social media, you see the replay of these incidents and the photographs that we saw of the the challenge on Doughty. We wouldn't see in the old days, and when it happened, oh, that's true. You go down the pub and have a moan about it, but it wouldn't go sort of public in the way it all does now, and that's what's changed in the game. But yeah, that was a, a shocking decision. They knew it was going to be a a tough game, and you know we, that was a real blow to lose, uh, lose Morrison in the way we did, and and Doughty you has shown a lot of promise, but. Um, Again, one of the big pluses at Anfield yesterday, I thought, was Joel, Joel Bacon's performance. He looks mm. as if yeah. he's improved a lot, um, yeah. used the ball a lot better, got forward um, and showed a lot more promise. And I think he was one of those players he had to be lost a lot of confidence under Mick McCarthy. Mm. Um, probably was overused. He's had that rest and he, he looks as if he's able to come back and have a, a second chance. And 
um, you know, the injury to Doughty is going to present that for him. And I think it, you know, hopefully he'll take that chance. He's, I would be surprised if he doesn't start on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, he could think, benefit um, from it analytically. Yeah, I was really pleased with Big, and, and he becomes a forty million pound player on my uh, football manager game. The last time I loaded that up on the computer as well. So, so therefore, you, you, you know, there's great things ahead of him. But like you say, he really lost confidence in a couple of the young lads did over and uh, under Mick, didn't they? But it's great to see them starting to to come through now. I don't know what what, what do you think the reason for that is. Is it man management? Is it simply come down to the way that Steve's sort of playing them and playing them sort of in their correct positions, etc. And they're, they're you know. Maybe fitting their game, or is it the way he's putting his arm on their shoulders? And because he did come out, didn't he, with um, Isaac and and sort of uh, yeah, he's apologised for it. He's apologised for it ever since, hasn't he? To be, yeah. to, be, to, be, to, be to be to be to be fair to him, I think there's one one obvious thing that now Nigel the, the the most obvious thing is playing, you know, putting uh, the, the 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 round pegs in the round holes mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, getting getting the players playing in in the right positions doesn't do any harm but also i suppose he's also benefiting nigel isn't he from um his established relationship with most of these players and the way he's kind of built them up from under 23s really yeah absolutely it's um and i think he's using him the right way now that yeah they are using being played in their correct positions but if you go back to the start of um his reign he was playing three or four of these guys at a time wasn't he and um it it wasn't it wasn't clicking you know they the, the promise and the talent is there as we said before but those players are going to have, you know, a great half hour or a great game and they're not going to be on it the next game. You're not going to get consistency out of them at this age and stage. Yeah. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, um, the young players were showing up the senior pros. But I think the seniors have um, produced a little bit more recently. I think there's a, li- a bit more stability about them. Um, and when, I, when they lost at Bristol the other week, I was, I was very worried for the direction we were heading. But... Yeah. You know, for whatever reason, they seem to have um, just clicked. And I think the, the big thing was that January window, bringing in the players we did. We brought in two strikers, both scored a winning goal. And the outlook just feels completely different about the club, you know. And uh, yeah. probably we ha- we did have, by our standards, a really good January window. And that, and we're seeing the benefits of that. Yeah, I, I think, I think you're right. And that includes, you know, that included bringing back players out on loan, you know, who, who, who are now, you know, looking why, why were they, why were they ever out on loan? Um, we were talking before this, uh, Simon, um, and we, you were saying that I think, I think, I believe, I believe you, but I've been shopping in, in some German uh, mm-hmm. supermarket, and you, you, you recognised <laughs> some gentlemen. You thought maybe, you know, you, 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 you started oh, yeah. perturbed at their attitude towards the game of football. Well, it's it's a mystery for me. It always has been. And I always get irate about things like this. Other people tend to say to me, I'll just let them support wherever they want. But I went to Aldi for the, the, the family shop on Sunday morning, making sure everything was in, ready for the game and all that. And there were Liverpool tops all over the shop. And even it got to the point where I was chatting to one bloke and he poured scorn on, on Cardiff. And, and I, I suppose some people may have a link to Liverpool. They might, their father might have gone uh, take them to Old, Tra- uh, to Old Trafford, to um, uh, Anfield or wherever. Once or twice, they have that link. But it's that, that that next step then of not only supporting a team that is hundreds of miles away from your city, but then abusing your city and wanting your city to lose. I just I just can't get my head around it. It becomes meaningless because, I mean, the reason we all support Cardiff is because it's our city. And generationally, you know, my parents, my great-grandparents all walked down the streets or celebrated their wins in the city or, you know, suffered their, their defeats and losses in the city. And it becomes part of your DNA, is it? A city, doesn't it? It's as much a, a part of me as anything else. Yes. So therefore, to set up to support a side that you have no link to just seems so alien and so strange to me. I, I can't quite figure it out. 
Yeah, because I noticed before the game there was something shared on social media, and I think it was actually something quite nice. They were looking at um, some sort of tribute uh, event happening, but in the picture, I couldn't I couldn't help hope and uh, noticing uh, Nigel that they had that um, uh, the epitome of probably the worst um, sporting oh. fashion um, uh, half, piece half, of merchandise half, ever. Half and the, half. Old, the old half and half. I mean, what's going yeah. on there? Isn't it? You know what I mean? What's I going don't on get there? It at all. I mean, we're, we're all diehard football fans. We're all diehard City fans, so we can't comprehend it. But, no. you know, there is a strange thing with some of the Welsh sporting public. Um, you know, look at the Welsh rugby on the weekend again. You, you see the pubs packed with all these people who declare themselves Welsh rugby fans. They don't go to a game. They, they don't go and watch their clubs. They don't go and watch their regions. But they'll, they'll go out and support Wales in the Six Nations um, that five or six times a year. And, and they, they class themselves as big rugby fans off the back of that is quite strange mm. and you get that with football fans as well don't you that you know if I go in the pub there's enough people who tell me they're Man City Liverpool fans Man United fans never been there never been to watch them away even you know but yeah. they'll, yeah. they'll wear the they'll wear the shirt it, it, it's just something in the psyche of some people that they they'll yeah. regard themselves mm. as fans when to us they're not at all well, um, it's like, it's like, like, the last couple of 20 years Cardiff City have been very successful been in the Premier League twice. We've been in two Wem- well, three Wembley appearances. Those things never happened, and we'd never dream of them most of our lives. No, so it no, always surprises no. me that now we've, you know, we have achieved them and we've got up to those levels. Yeah, we still find that there are enough people who just have little interest in the club, and it really does surprise me. But do you yeah. think, Nigel? No, sorry to jump in, but do you think? And I've often wondered this. Do you think the core support changes from when you're successful for what to when you're not? Because to us and to what seven, eight, maybe more thousand people? It doesn't matter whether you win or lose, particularly yeah. because you have no, you know, so you have no choice but to support that team because that's your team. And then the extra kind of layer on top of that are people who are like, yeah, I don't mind Cardiff, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're my home team, my second club, them. my second club, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. so yeah, when you're successful, then you you start to get those fans. But that core is always kind of there, isn't it? It was there in the '90s when we were down the bottom of the. The pyramid, wasn't it? There was still that sort of four or five thousand turning up every week, regardless. And you're right, they'll always be there. Um, but yeah, um, we have lost a lot of support, and I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Because if you look at the home games now, we were getting the thirty thousands only two years ago, weren't we? In the Premier League, mm. yep. you go to the home games now, we're not even got half of that. They, they say there's twenty thousand officially, but you look around that stadium, you know, it's, it's well under fifteen most games these days. Um, so you've got to win back that support. It's latent. It's there. They've got to be successful again, but people, I think the pandemic has affected people. The fact we've been locked down for a couple of years, you know, people don't look on going to Cardiff City as something they have to do every couple of weeks, you know, out of blind loyalty. That connection's been lost and broken a little bit, and somehow they need to try and restore that. Um, and it's not going to be easy. It's going to take a long time to bring people back to games. And it's not just about success on the pitch. It's about everything that that club do to... Um, you know, connect with the, the fans again. And, and in fairness, I think Steve Morrison has mm. been trying to do that. He's been very open in his uh, yeah. press conferences. Mm. Um, there does feel that, that there's a lot more interaction with the players. I think for a year or so, we felt that most of them were quite aloof and there, there is a, a bit more of that going on. Um, so, yeah, there are little signs there that they can turn this around, but yeah. it needs a lot more than they're currently doing as well, Steve. There's, there's, there's some comments coming in, which we'll come back to. Richard yeah. Davis has just made a great point, which, you know, I can't disagree with. There's no such thing as a second club. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. You know, I, I to- totally agree with you. You know, my second yeah, my second club, really, are Cardiff City Reserves, you know. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Cardiff City Reserves in Wales. <laughs> yeah. 
But, um, you know, it's um, going back to the fans, I suppose, and the fan base, I suppose. Um, uh, about, I come to you first, uh, Nigel, and we'll go across to Simon. Um, you know, I watched the game on I, I watched the game on ITV uh, yesterday. It was great, actually. You know, I didn't I didn't have to, you know, shell out money and all the rest of it and, you know, dig around on some weird app or whatever. I could I'd sit there and watch it with a cup of tea. It was great, you know. Um, and um, well, one thing that came across to me was, um, and it's, it's amazing, really, that throughout the entire match, pretty well, apart from every now and again, when they, you know, they had the audacity to score a goal, and all, all he could hear was City fans. You know, national television, you know, just dominated it. Is We have got awesome support, Nigel, haven't we? Yeah, particularly away. Um, you know, we do, they, there's a, always been a fantastic away support for City, but yesterday was superb, wasn't it? And, yeah. you know, ITV have been ratcheting the volume down on some of that crowd noise, particularly with some of the chants that were going on yes. there. But even when they were doing that, um, you could still hear them, you know, clearly loud and proud. Love the singing of the uh, the Welsh national anthem during games. There's, there, there is more of an identity about being a City fan and being Welsh at the moment uh, at these sporting mm. events, and um, it, it's great. I love hearing that. And what, what, what's that tell us about? You know, what I, here's what I was thinking. Simon was, uh, you know, call me old school if you like, you know, because you know I am. But um, <laughs> you know, they talk about library and all the rest. Was Liverpool was having this? this amazing you know passionate support and it was like mm. um it was like quite benign you know do they just yeah. oh, we just turn up or they just it's a fantasy just turn them over today they are i've been to liverpool i'll get i'll get my you know i got i've been to anfield on the back of my car yeah. home, you know i think it's a bit of a myth to be honest i when i say this and i i don't go regularly obviously to anfield you know obviously yeah. but but you do watch it here three times a year it's probably brilliant isn't it for your champion league night you're playing against Man United or Man City and you're playing Borussia Dortmund or Bayern Munich whoever it might well be they'd be fantastic but actually yeah I think it's this perpetuated myth isn't it and the media buy into it as well because the media tend to uh, they tend to back the sort of bigger clubs don't they because that's where they, they, the, the majority of their readership will come and from and that's where the their bread Premier is buttered clubs, where their bread is yeah. buttered yeah if you look yeah. at the owners and the yeah. sponsorship and all the rest of it so it, 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 it tends to be then fans are perpetuating it the media is perpetuating it oh this is so fantastic you want to come to Anfield but actually when you go there you suddenly think yeah but the thing is you can't chant properly when you're holding your phone like that and that's another thing you see all the time in the, in the front row of people they're recording the matches you're thinking just watch it it'll be on TV later you can watch the highlights match of the day or whatever yeah. you know you don't have to record it and miss the games only one thing more annoying than that is that is when you go to a gig and somebody's doing oh, that. Yes. Around the yeah. you are, you know. Have uh, we got a couple of good comments coming in? I'll come yeah. to you first, Simon, because of your um, association with. I wonder with what the, this is about. Yeah, yeah. People <laughs> with the people with the whistles. Firstly, yeah. Steve Thomas, great comment. Love that comment. I was born in Cardiff, therefore I support yeah. Cardiff City. That's right. Well, yeah. well done. That that is never ever ever going to be anything but a brilliant comment. Yeah. Um, well, Steve Steve lives in Nottingham and he's home and away with City every game. Good so, yeah, well done. Fantastic supporter. Um, Chris, Chris Hughes Jones, uh, cutting to the chase. I'll come to you, Simon, because your association mm. with you know you like people with whistles, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pen or not, uh, and sending off or not. Let's deal with let's deal with the pen first, shall we? Yeah, I, I listen. The pen wasn't as obvious. I didn't think. I thought yes, I would have given the pen, but I'm a Cardiff fan, and they wouldn't let me referee Cardiff matches generally. And that's the reason because I'm quite biased in that respect. But it was one of those with the pen that you potentially could. See it both ways, but I thought there was enough contact for it to be given. I think McCoy thought it was a uh, nailed on pen, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, strikers always do. Yeah, <laughs> they I always think so. everything's a pen, I don't they? So. Yeah. But I, no, I mean, 
you, yeah, I, I was surprised it wasn't given, I think with VAR especially. Yeah. You know, and with review showing it quite clearly, there was there's a fair amount of contact, of contact enough to go down. There was. But, the only thing I would say, and maybe you're saying the same thing, it, you know, but but you do see this happen all the time. You know, there mm. was contact, it was in the box, and he did go to the ground, right? You could argue that he kind of maneuvered himself so inevitably oh, he be knocked to the ground. Yeah. But you do see those given quite a lot, don't you? Particularly in so, the Premiership. Still contact, though, isn't it? I mean, he did move. and he, I think he knew the player was coming behind him and he yeah, put himself yeah. in a position where he was going to get contact. But yeah. the other, the classic question is where anywhere else on the pitch and that's a free kick all day long, isn't it? And it most probably is, to be honest. But that's the only thing. I mean, yeah, you can see that you see them given and you wouldn't be surprised and you see them not given. And again, you, you know, there's reasons for that, you know. And I think that was less clear than potentially the red card. I think the other question there, though, and... and what aggrieves a lot of Cardiff fans is if that was Mo Salah, would that mm. have been a penalty then? And I think I think the answer to that is yes. The ref would have given it. Of course it would. The AR would have given it. Now, Flint would have Flint would have tackled him cleanly and got the ball and then started a counter attack. <laughs> here's here's one for you, Nigel. Yeah, um, that uh, on on that very point. Remember when, when when we played Liverpool at our place, Salah fell over in the box. We had a pen. They had a pen. Yeah. There was the Chelsea thing, you know, uh, and the big clubs, yeah, and the the rubber, the green, if you like, go, go, goes with those big clubs. If, right, if Cardiff City, let let's let's say, let's say, let's let's go to the let's go to the sending off, right? Okay, so if the goalkeeper had been sent off, right, if the goalkeeper had been sent off and they were down to ten men and City took, you know, and we went on to win, okay, fancy dream world stuff, we went on to win, and then there was uh, some sort of a penalty appeal, the same as what Mark Harris. But it was for Liverpool, and Cardiff City had won. You, you'd never hear the end of it. It was like, oh, you know, it's almost like, oh, they're just a village pub side. That'll do. You know, that, that's what it is. Yeah. It would have been the talk of all the national radio stations, the TV channels, absolutely, all the podcasts, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah completely. But you know, the ITV coverage gave lip service to Cardiff, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> they did mention how great the fans were. Yeah, post-match interview. They cut it off after seconds, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. The the let's go to this let's go to that, that challenge then by the keeper who was I think I don't know, it's third choice keeper or something for Liverpool. They yeah. had a really good strong side out actually, but he 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 was you know he liked to he liked to get out there and grab the ball outside the box. Uh, you know he made contact. It was a dangerous challenge. His studs were up. Yeah. Um. And it was you know arguably, uh, if not the last line of defence, uh, maybe you know just saved a little bit by that. That could easily have been sending off. Yeah, I think I don't even think you need to look at the last man argument. Really, I think the, the challenge was dangerous foul play. I, for mm. me, when you look at it, I, and I can see maybe why the referee didn't give a yellow because it, when you see it quite quickly, it's hard sometimes to see. You know, so there, there, there is that argument of well, it looks like he almost just nicked the um, Mark Harris, and, and then Mark Harris went down, etc. But actually, mm. when you see it slowed down, it is dangerous. He's lunging, he's out of control, he's got studs up, and at the, in the end, the tap is quite high, isn't it, up, up the leg as well. Yep. So. It's definitely, for me, a cast iron red. But, so, the, I mean, the, the, the question really is, so the referee's made the decision. He maybe didn't see it clearly. When it goes to VAR, then, you wonder, well, can you define what a dangerous tackle is or a dangerous foul, what dangerous foul play is if that is? Because where's the line then? Yeah, that's the point, Simon. Right? But both of those decisions, as I remember, they both went to VAR. Mm, yeah, both did, so it yeah. wasn't like, you know, spur of the moment, there's no VAR, la, la, la. They, they yeah. analysed them both. The one that was contact in the box... The second one is come charging out and take take t- taking him out, you know, to stop him getting past the score a goal, right? Yeah. So, 
What's that about, Nigel? You know, well, going back to the, 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 big, the big club argument, are we just being, are we just being fanciful in dreamland here? Or I what? think the problem we got with this, Steve, is the VAR officials are all referees themselves, aren't they? Uh, and they're the club. And, you know, if if well, I, if it was one of my workmates and I was after have a look at it, he'd sort of go, yeah, maybe he got it wrong, but I'm not going to, you know, not going to go against him on it. And, you know, they say it's got to be clear and obvious, haven't they, for Barton mm. ruling? But are you, are you really going to, Shop your mate and go, yeah, you got it wrong. I don't think they will. I think you need to have independent assessors who are not part of the referee club themselves. They've just got the day off. They're not officiating that day because they'll always look after one one another. And that's natural. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just think that's a natural thing that will happen. Um, but I think, you know, any legitimate use of VAR would have said that's a red card. It's not even up for debate, but you know, that's that's what happens. So ref doesn't, VAR's not going to overrule it. It's that clear mistake, isn't it? Because yeah. if the ref on the field had given a red card and it went to VAR, it wouldn't have been overturned. It would have no. remained to be a red <laughs> card because there wasn't a clear mistake. But because he gave the yellow, and they didn't overturn the ref's decision on the on the field because obviously they felt maybe you know for whatever reason it wasn't a clear mistake by the referee. So that's a bit of a strange one too, isn't it? Because it, yeah, it would have been over, it wouldn't wouldn't have been overturned and turned, and turned into a yellow. But then equally, it wasn't overturned and turned into a red. So it, it, this is why fans, I think, get a bit confused about it as well. Um, because yeah. it's not clear exactly. Well, is that a red card or not? Because if it's a red, it's a red. If it's yellow, it's yellow. You know, so it does yeah. get quite quite strange. I mean, going back to the Barnsley match as well, how that how that's not a red card? That, that challenge on, on that, I, I really I really don't know. I mean, that's the kind of challenge well, which should have been sorted out afterwards, retrospectively. Yeah, uh, that's where we don't have that in the championship. No. If we had it yeah. for that one, that that would well, have that's been fair up. enough. We, we don't have it, so it's a spur of the moment, isn't it? Yeah. You know. But again, even on that goalkeeper thing, and again, you've got to turn it on its head. If that was if that was Dylan Phillips who did that to Firmino. Would he have given a red card then? Yeah, I'm quite sure he would have. Probably I would think, have, yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it does feel like they benefit, even with VAR, which is supposed to give us consistent, even decisions. You don't get it with VAR. And we've seen enough examples of that yeah. over the last couple of years. Just to say Simon, right? Simon was a student, like I say, at the, at the University of Glamorgan then, about 20 years ago when I, when, I first, when I first knew him. So this is a real old chestnut. And he also used to present the Cardiff City phone-in, so he, know, he knows this stuff. So is it, Nigel, and I have to put this one out there now. I'll tell you what, I'll come to Simon with this one. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is there any truth in, you know, the thing, they, uh, you know, the, the kind of the anti-Cardiff City, the anti-Welsh thing, you know, and, you know, is it, you know, no one loves us, you know. Yeah, I think there was. I was going to bring this up earlier because I think we still suffer with the stereotypes of the eighties and nineties that we had, um, all the way to sort of the Leeds game and Sam and Man walking around the pitch and, and everything that happened after that. And I still think that. And what really annoyed me, and it's under Warnock, and it's because potentially our style of play has been a bit uh, industrial, shall we say, the last couple of seasons. That you know the the media will always say you know long ball merchants, hoofball merchants. So when they talk about Cardiff, and even when Cardiff play well, the media will tend to put it down to you know being something nothing to do with actually Cardiff having any kind of skill or, or tactical mouse, but um, it being a freak of nature that we actually played all right, you know. And I think that's all that's been the way for thirty years, isn't it? You know, whether it's the um, sort of the hooligan element at Cardiff City, which doesn't really exist anymore. Um, or whether it's been that kind of industrial, you know, physical. They're a physical team, aren't they, Cardiff? They got the big boys up front. You know, they're physical, and and I think I for me that's that's been the case for the last sort of 20, 20 years, and I think that will continue. And you know, I can't remember the last time it wasn't like that really with with Cardiff. And, and in a way, I quite like it. I, I quite like being uh, and uh, disliked by the majority. Well, in a well, way, that's quite a fun thing, isn't it? 
there's some good comments coming in. I'll come to a second, but it reminds me we're playing Millwall in, in a few weeks, and you know, no one likes us, we don't care. You know, that yeah. <laughs> you don't want to go too you don't want to go too far down, down that route. Uh, Steve how many Thomas, times sorry, I was just saying how many times have we won club family club of the year? I mean, how many times in a row did we win it? Yeah, there's lots of good stuff which doesn't get so much good enough. stuff that doesn't yeah. get touched on yeah. at all. Yeah. No, you you to- totally totally correct. Um, Steve Thomas, I'm 100% behind Steve Morrison. This is I, I, this is an interesting question. I'll come to you, Nudge. Um, what do you think about his public criticism? We talked about Isaac Davis, although you know he has kind of you know uh, smoothed it over a lot since he's how much he thinks of him. And then yesterday, Mark Harris um, uh, got a positive response from Isaac, but all players may not react in the same way. I thought his comment about Mark Harris, if you, if you, no matter how many times you watch that replay, the likelihood of him being able to juggle it around um, the keeper and head for goal in that amount of time is pretty unlikely, isn't it, really? Well, I, I've watched Steve Morrison play a few times and I, I've seen him go down a few times as well, you know. <laughs> so he's a member of the Strikers Club himself. I He didn't strike... I don't recall him as someone who used to just ride challenges and go for goal all the time. <laughs> um, no, no. So, yeah, I thought it was a little bit rich and I thought, you know, he did say he didn't think it was a sending off as well, didn't he? And uh, he was quite magnanimous in a way, but I thought, yeah, I, I, I'm not necessarily sure I agreed with that. I can, I can see why you could make a case for it, but I think, you know, I would have thought if, if Klopp, well, let's put it the other way around, if they, those decisions went against Klopp, could you imagine what he would have been like? Yeah, yeah. Um, th- th- there's a good, good stat which has just come in. You've probably seen it already, Nigel. Somebody asked Richard Davis, um, who's won the more games, uh, Cardiff yeah. or Liverpool, and we're, we're beating them eighteen fifteen. So there you go. Yeah, we'll have to be a couple more cup times before they catch us up. <laughs> yeah, we won't play them for a while, so we'll, we'll, keep, that. <laughs> we'll keep, keep that record for a while, won't we? Um, the thing to talk about, again, uh, uh, Simon, onto a slightly different topic, is uh, the Sean Morrison thing. I, I, you, know, mm. I was, you know, he's not been everyone's favourite cup of tea recently. Be a you know, club captain, been with the club for years. Um, I was really gutted for him, you know, when, yeah, when he had definitely. that injury. And uh, apparently, reading between the lines, it seems to be that there are some thoughts about trying to give him some sort of contract extension. But, you know, even bearing in mind, of course, for the first, well, until next, when, nine months or so, isn't it? Mm. It's going to be into the summertime before he even, you know, gets any chance of coming back. What, what's your thoughts on uh, on that? Is that just an emotional decision or, you know, is it... No, I don't. I think there's more to it than that. I think it is an emotional decision. Um because, I mean, he's, it, yeah, it's like you say, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but obviously you don't wish an injury like that on any player because an yeah. ACL is, is is terrible and can take a lot of time to come back from. But he is an organiser, and I think we're better with him in our, our defence line. You know, he's never going to dribble it out from the, you know, from, from the back line into the midfield and, you know, put put a slider, a slider, a ball forward for the attackers or anything like that. But he is a strong organiser. He's a strong leader. And you're always going to need those sort of players in the championship, aren't they? Aren't you? And you can play yeah, I always think yeah. put a put a put a pacey player, put a pacey defender next to him. You know, someone who can mop it up because he's not the most sort of uh, the quickest player either. Um, so I would I definitely give him a season or, or maybe two seasons. When you consider as well the the lack of players we're going to have at the end of the summer by the looks of it, with yeah. with so many players players out, I think we're going to need a couple of old pros in there. We have got some great youngsters coming through. We have got some yeah. real talent, but we're going to need those old heads in there to to guide them as well. So. You know, I, for one, really hope he comes through this injury well. And, and you know, I definitely think another season would be um, beneficial for, for him and the club. Well, I mean, we're just into the beginning of February. So I suppose, Nigel, we're looking at, you know, sort of October-ish, if he was going to come back. Well, yeah, it, this is really tricky because we've been here before in each of the last two seasons, haven't we? You know, Castro back two years ago, Sol Bamba. 
Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. he was out for a long time. He didn't stay. This time last year, Joe Bennett, um, yeah. he yeah. didn't yeah. stay. Um, so it's a heart and a head one, this one really, isn't it? And I, I think there's a real problem here because he's not going to be playing again until well into next season. Um, he's on a contract that he can't possibly hope to retain, you know, the sort of contract yeah. that he's paying. But you know, in all likelihood, he's not going to get fantastic contract offers elsewhere as well. So the club have got a duty to get him, you know, fit and ready to go again, as they did with Joe Bennett. But then it's it's a very difficult contract discussion that needs to take place about, you know, what sort of terms are they going to offer him for what period? And is it a salary he wants? Does he, will he even want to stay? Will he want to move on? Like, you know, the New players have. So I don't know. I think it's just one wait and see. But I don't think we should feel obliged to offer him a new contract. Yeah. I think we've got an obligation to look after him. Mm. Um, but yeah, in the you know, the new world with Cardiff City, it's it's a very difficult one to to yeah. resolve that. Was it yeah. was it the same injury with Joe Bennett? That was, that was an ACL as well, wasn't it? Yeah, that was ACL yeah. exactly. And it's exactly yeah. this time last year. It's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. like history repeating. And it, in fact, Joe Bennett has only in the last handful of weeks really got playing again, hasn't he? So, yeah. you know, it might take six to nine months to get fit again. There's no guarantee you're going to be playing again straight away. No, no. You know, or, or, or even at Wigan, another three or four months before yeah. he's really able to break into the team. I mean, it certainly slows down negotiations, doesn't it? An injury like yeah, that for yeah. a new contract. And like you yeah. say, there's no way that he can be retained on the same wages, I would think. No, no. But, but he may not, uh, Simon, you know, he may be realistic enough to, to, to appreciate that. You know, he was he 32 as well? So. so he's. Yeah. You know, if he gets another couple of seasons in, he'll be doing well. It's established here. He's been there a long time. He's got an association with the club. He's well he's well thought of. So maybe, you know, I just think I might be talking absolute nonsense as usual, but mm-hmm. he's maybe just the, just the kind of player who might have a little bit more about him than, than, than some others and the maturity to think, hang on, you know, um, you know, so money is not going to be as good. I may not play as much, but, you know, why, why not stick here where, where I know where I know everybody and I'm, I'm well established yeah. rather, than, rather than push on the other one of course um, who, who we all hope I suppose is going to get a contract and Steve Morrison made some comments about him signing the day of course Joe Rolls you know yeah 100% he has to have a contract there's no doubt about it the whole basically the side gets built around him probably for our promotion charge next season doesn't it with uh, yeah. <laughs> this might be a little bit on uh, yeah I think there's no question about it it's, it's been dragging on for a, a little bit is he in a position am I right in thinking he could be he could, a club could come along now, couldn't they? And he could sign yeah. a pre-contract he agreement. Talk, yeah, yeah, yeah there's that. There is from that, this yeah. point on. So there is that. There's definitely a little bit of urgency in that conversation, um, I think, between mm. him and the club. But, you know, the club haven't got a huge amount of money. The coffers are not spilling over, mm. are they? We've seen that with, with our transfer policy the last couple of seasons. So it's going to be a negotiation that will probably go straight to the wire, or right to the wire, yeah. I should say, definitely. So- with Joe Rawls, I mean, uh, I know Al's a big fan, and lots of City fans have become, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of his now. He, he was one of those players who was out of favour, you know, a, mm. a while back. But yeah. I, I, wonder, I wonder with Joe, you know, was Joe 29, something like that, maybe I think he is. is he around 29, yeah, he's still got yeah. a good few years in him. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, if he stuck around, he's, he's, ca- he's, he's captain material, uh, that's for sure. But And he's been at the club since, I think, since he was 17 or something. So he's been there yeah. a long time. But... You know, he maybe if, a, if an offer came in for him and the money was right, then you know, I suppose he'd probably be on his way. I guess. Mm. And you can't argue and with the, it, can you? It's it's another tricky one because now he is out of contract. I'm surprised they really don't appear to have started any negotiations with him yet no. uh, so far. But it's another tricky one, isn't it? Because he's not the best paid 
paid player down there, but he's, he is on very good money because he's, his last contract was in the Premier League. Um, yeah. So, again, you know, they, they'll want to keep him, but they're not going to be able to offer him the money they had before. But will he get that elsewhere as well? So, it's a very difficult one. But that conversation needs to happen. They do need to try him, tie him down. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, if he wants to stay, he hasn't yeah. given any impression he wants to leave the club at all. Um because he could have gone and signed a pre-contract elsewhere already if he wanted to. So mm. I think he is, you know, it's, it's the door's not closed on him, but he would like to see that one sorted out as soon as possible and not leave that drag on until the summer, end of season. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he's, he, we don't, we're not overburdened either, are we, with left-footed sort of midfielders, you know? No, and he's one of those players, I think you notice what a good player it is. he is when he's not, when he's not there. Yeah, when he's not there, 100%. <laughs> you realise what he provides. Yeah. Yeah, I think okay. I think I think City fans have, have, have woken up to to what he has. Mark Owens come back in with a comment. Sam, you might have seen it. You know, going back to the Harris thing. Why would any player um, ever move away from a good scoring opportunity penalty all day long, and and a sending off? Can't be. Both, it wouldn't. So well, both, it could you know, be if it's a push. Got, if you've got the pen and the sending off, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's a double jeopardy rule. But if it's a push, it's yeah. it can be a red I, card and a penalty then as well. Yeah. If, it's a, if it's a deliberate push and a handball, it's it if Liverpool had nine penalty. men, you know, which we would won the game. We'd have only we'd have only lost by by two one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, if it's gone to sort of five side levels, then we'd have been all right. Yeah, listen, you know, I, I think there's there's a lot of discussion you can have about those decisions, definitely. Anyway. I play football quite regularly. I never get into good goal-scoring opportunities. So I, I, I couldn't possibly comment on whether you'd want to buy a free kick or a penalty because it would be quite a rare thing for me. But it does. You do often question that. If someone's there and they've got the goal in front of them, why would they fall? Would they go down? They've got as much chance of scoring from where they are, potentially, and where the referee's slightly unsighted or you know out of position than they would be from a penalty anyway. Which, which brings us on, in, in a way, to, I suppose, you know, not only would, 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 would somebody want to score a goal, but how great it is to score mm. a goal at at Anfield and uh, Colwell um, Nigel. As soon as he came on, I saw him. I think I said the other week. I saw him watch. I watched an under twenty three game the other week, and he didn't look. He just didn't look. He didn't look on it, you know. But from the no. second he came on yesterday, and man, did he take that goal well? Oh, he did, and he, he also set up that move, didn't he, by winning the yeah. ball in midfield, mm-hmm. which was yeah. a clever little flick over. Um, I can't remember who he beat in the middle to. Sort of move it out to Isaac Davis in the first place, but yeah, his style looks a bit languid at times, doesn't it? But he, the way he finished it was superb. You know, it's like they yeah. said on the TV commentary: no backlift at all. He just yeah. opened up and perfect low shot. Didn't give the keeper a chance really because he put the power on it too. Just, just to say, much better finishing than the Liverpool players, you know. Yeah, well, it was it was the best goal of the game. Yeah, really <laughs> by Isaac Davis. Somebody the way he took the ball forward, and he, he got every, every decision he made was absolutely spot on as well. All his touches were brilliant, and the pass was perfect. Yeah. So I yeah. thought I thought it was a, a, an excellent goal. Like you said, the finish was fantastic. To be yeah. fair to him, I suppose he's I mean, he's he's got you know does he start does he start on uh, on on Wednesday? Does he uh, Ruben? He's 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 back. You know, he wasn't even in the squad now. I mean, he's in the squad probably. No. Yeah. I suppose the only question with Ruben is where where do you play him? I suppose within that formation, would that be right? Yeah, I, I don't think it, I don't think he'll start. I know you know people clamour because they they sort of take that goal well yesterday and Denham have mm. a good game. Or we've got to start with them now. You can't just do it knee jerk because of a you know a good goal and everything. But I think he's got to be back in that match day squad and on the bench um, because he is a fantastic option to have yeah. coming off the bench. And in fact, I think most of his 
really good performances for City this season has been when he's come on as a substitute rather than when he started a game. And that's great. That's all part of his development. Um, but yeah, I definitely have him um, as an option. Same as you have with Isaac Davis as well. Was that right? Not the forest. Did he come? Did he come on a sub at Nottingham Forest when he got those two goals? Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah he did. Uh, but there's another good player as well, isn't he? Isaac Davis, you know, who set up that goal because he, he you know, he charged forward with the ball, laid it off well. Yeah. And I think he's a real prospect, Isaac yeah. Davis. He's got something about him. His work, yeah. his pace. He, he's not scared to take on players. And he's, he's quite physical as well for a small guy. Yeah. Um, I, really, I really like the look of him. I love he his came from... Um, yeah, I love it. I think he's got a bit of a twinkle in his eye, isn't it? And, and yeah. when you see these players who are a bit cheeky, that's what you love as a fan, isn't it? You've got <laughs> yeah. a, a hometown player. Yeah. He came yeah. from Cumbrian and Clinac, didn't he? Did he? Played. Yeah. I was, my boy um, used to play uh, Sam, you know Sam, from you'd have been about that yeah. big when you would have seen him last. Yeah, yeah. He's, had a, he's a bit taller so than I've seen play. pictures. Yeah. A little bit, just a tad. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he, he played in the the same team up in uh, Tonopandi, wasn't it? Is it Tonopandi? Yeah, it is. So it's fun. Yeah. It's just great to see for, for, for fans to see local lads coming through and with a bit of mischief about them, you know, yeah. as well, turning, turning these sort of great, yeah. great defenders inside and out. It's brilliant. Yeah, I, 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 love, I love watching plays. It's always, it's, always, it's always exciting. There's two two things to talk about here, uh, which have just come in as well. So we'll go to them. I'll go to the first, the second one first, Simon, because it goes back to what you just said about having uh, local lads, you know, who've got that bit of passion about them. Um, it's almost the same thing. Jeremy Williams has, has said, how do you think the supporters can build a, a better relationship with the club in years to come? Or I suppose, how can the relationship God. between the club and the fans, you know, yeah. kind of be improved, do you think? It's a tough question because, and I've got to be honest, I'm putting my hands up right now, that I still don't feel the connection with the club as I did pre the red, the kit turning red. And I don't know what it was psychologically and all the rest of it. At the time, I sort of said, oh, it's only red, isn't it? But the first time I went to a game, it just felt so... It felt like it wasn't my team, and, and that went on. And, and then you had the fans sort of turning against each other, the club, and it was a, quite a dark time, wasn't it, on, yeah. on the pitch and the terraces. And it still, for me, doesn't feel quite the same, even though you know we've obviously returned to blue and, and the club have done lots of things to try and get the fans back on side. So, yeah, it's a really, really tough question, I think, and I haven't got the answer, to be honest, Steve. But I, I just think I, think, I think local players will always help in getting fans yeah. back to, to feeling like their club is their club again. You know, having boys who, who, who were, you know, are from Panath or Cardiff or the Valleys is always going to help. Under, you know, four or five so, uh, sort of Welsh lads in there will, be, will make a big difference. Yeah, well, of course, Sam Hamam tried that, but the Celtic kids. Yeah. He did get, what, he, there was one game, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, on yeah, 11, yeah. I think, or, yeah, or one yeah. or two. But yeah, so I think, but I think that's, you organically, the academy is going to start is producing yeah. these players now. So hopefully, then there'll be an evolution towards that. I mean, that just makes financial sense for the club as well. Of course, there's news on on the academy today, which maybe we'll, we'll try we'll try and get him. Uh, what what do you think, Nigel, in terms of um, strengthening the relationship between the club and its and its, yeah, and its it, amazing fan base? It's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because unfortunately, the people at the top of the club are are very remote from us and, and like to stay that way. Um, so there's no relationship with the top level with the likes of Delman or Tan. Was, was, was Tan in, at Anfield yesterday? Does anyone know? You might have had a red shirt on, you wouldn't have seen him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I thought if he's going to turn up for one game, it, it would yeah. be that one. But I don't even I don't even know who he's there at the club. But um, there, there's a real problem there. there. There's a huge disconnect at the top. But, you know, there's, there's simple things they could do. I, actually, Porky, who's a, a friend of ours, is now the... Um, supporters liaison office and I think he's doing a, a grand job in um, let's get, let's know, get him on the show 
Yeah, we should. We should actually. I'd love to get Cookie on the um, show. Because yeah. he, he's been doing some good stuff on social yeah. media as well, which has been yeah. great to see. They've been, they haven't been so good. They have got a lot better on social media, I would say. Uh, and and again, Steve, you know, you and Simon will know from years gone by. We used to get the players on this show, didn't we? Yeah, um, we had, yeah, we we had them more on the show once a week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, why they don't do anything like that anymore? Well, I don't know. You know, I just, and I think that particularly now we have got these local boys here who, yeah, you know, the fans are worth you're gonna worship in them. <laughs> I, 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 I just, I just, I just respond to that briefly. But I mean, you know, as Simon knows this show has it's been going twenty years. You know, um, you can't wave a you can't wave a magic wand and t- turn back in time. You know, they were they were different times. They're different. They're different times yeah. for phone ins. They're different times for connections with, with players. They're different times for professionalism. They're different times for social media. We've got different times with communication and all the rest of it. But one thing that the club, the club and football clubs can do. Is to could could recognise if they had something which was a soapbox for the fans about the club, which has been there for a long, long time, which has only ever been about Cardiff City Football Club and nothing else, and has treated yeah. the players like heroes every time they, they, they've come in, and it's not there to to put the boot into the club. No, and that's a relationship that can be built. You know, they can, they could cross promote stuff with the Cardiff City phone in. You know, because I mean, people, you know, we've been going 20 years, you know, and we're, we're, we're Carter City fans through and through. I've been asked over the years, you know, by certain people, Simon, watch Simon's eyebrow now, eyebrows now. A certain person suggested, you know, shouldn't you cover the other club in, 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 yeah. in the area? Uh, which yeah. the answer was, yeah, well, I'm not going to give you the answer. You can guess the answer. Right? Yeah. So, so, so there's, uh, a, there's, there's an open door there for, for the club. And, and, and I, I, think, I think they know that, you know, and we're only there to help. Yeah, you know, social media yeah. and everything else with it to, to, to help the club, you know, to, yeah. to move forward. That's all. Yeah, there's no hidden agenda, is there? I mean, it's no. just about a good chance to talk about it. If you do get any players on, Steve, could you get Eddie Johnson on? Because he's still the creator of my favorite ever Cardiff City moment with his first goal at the New Park. Why else do I have the terrace for that? It's still, I still watch it on YouTube now. It's just, it's just the highlights of my entire life that was. Like, okay. I think it had a bigger role than Carwell's goal yesterday, didn't it? It, yeah, did. it was huge. It was ridiculous. He was so likable though, wasn't he? You know, he didn't score yeah. goals. He was a striker, but everyone liked him. And, you know, I don't, I don't know what that was. Yeah, what that was about. I think he was great once he, he learned about offside. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we we uh, we have um, a couple of other things to mention. Firstly, um, forget who it was. Uh, Chris Hughes Jones. Um, you know the NG era. Um, uh, right? I mean, I was. Just, uh, you said something about central defenders. You can probably guess I was a central defender. Or you know. Me too. Uh, so, um, I, for me, my, my dad, my dad's best advice. It works on the parks better than in a stadium. You know, if you're a yard out from the touchline, you know, boot as hard you can, get your breath back. Yeah. You know, so that was my policy yeah. to defend, and it would have been in the stand. But you know. It, it, Tried to play too much football, really in the wrong place. But apart from that, I thought he had a good game. He did. And I get what Steve Morrison was saying yesterday because let's, let's go back to the first goal before that, which was a great header by Jota. But yeah, yeah. he came from an absolutely needless free kick that Will Volks gave away. And actually, he did a personal best yesterday because he went 52 minutes until he got that yellow card. Uh, so, so good on him. But there was no need to do that foul and, and give that free kick in the first place. And, you know, it was just. Yeah, great, great movement by Jota. Maybe he should have been, they should have blocked him out. But, you know, it was just a poor goal to give away. The second goal was awful to give away. The third goal was awful to give away. But it's a shame, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and it, just, it, it was a blot of that performance because had we kept that defence tight, who knows what could have happened in the last 15, 20 yeah. minutes. If we kept it at nil-nil, 
going into those closing stages, yeah. anything is possible. So yeah. I, I get the frustration. Well, I and it harks back to so many goals mm-hmm. we've conceded this season, which had just been poor defensive efforts. And yeah. we overlook it because it was Liverpool yesterday, but they were all poor goals. How is, how is Jota, sorry, Steve, how is Jota so good at heading, though? You see him, he pops yeah. up all the time, doesn't he? He's brilliant at heading. And he's, he never head. seems that tall a bloke. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm in two minds about uh, NG and his mistake. Because on the one side, it, it was like a five-a-side mistake when, it, when you're kind of taking yeah, it yeah. out from the goal. It yeah. felt a bit like that. And you, you're right, you've got to get rid of it. I mean, people shout to me when I'm playing football time. I've never got time. I just, <laughs> I'm straight, the ball's going down the pitch if I get it. So I, I agree, in, in a perfect world, he would have. But then I also don't mind people taking a bit of a chance. And I think we've got to get used to our, maybe not where he was, but we've got to get used to our players taking a bit of a chance if, if we want this change in philosophy, if we want to have attacking football and we want them to pass the ball about, then there's going to be moments where our defender or the you know the midfielder loses the ball in a dangerous position. Admittedly, not at Anfield um, and not on the touchline by the goal. But, but that, you know, we've got to get kind of get used to, or we've got to give people the, the space, I suppose, to make mistakes in a way. Yeah. Yeah, and and also not to vilify players when they do, yeah. because you know NG to 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 his credit, particularly he's shown some versatility recently. Um, he's yeah. proven himself to be quite a good right hand side uh, central defender, and he's one of the first t- names on on the team team sheet for me. Um, news coming through today, uh, Nigel. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know any of these names, but um, uh, Dane Facey, um, Ben Clark. I'm guessing it's I don't know. I'm going to go with Braze uh, uh, Fernandez, which is a great name anyway. And James Wood, who's coming in in, in a kind of a, a goalkeeper coaching role, uh, all coming into um, in, into the academy for four for new names uh, involved with the with the academy today. So it seems like maybe that's something, Nigel. Which um, we're talking about the youngsters coming through. You know, is that something City are recognising, and therefore they're trying to reinforce that moving forward? Do you think the youngsters are these coming into the academy as? New coaches, is it? New um, coaching. Yeah, it was an it was uh, was, was online story today. Yeah, James Wood is George Wood's boy. Yeah, I wondered if it was. I wondered yeah. if it was. Do you remember he was on the books um, years ago, and he, he went. He left us to go to Man City, and uh, he never quite broke through there. But he he was a really top prospect. So yeah, it's Georgie Wood's boy. So um, that's him coming back to the club. So yeah, Great. obviously a couple of the academy coaches have upgraded into other roles. We've had all the movement going on, or have left the club recently. So they they did need to refill one or two positions. But yeah, surely the future of the club it's opened their eyes to it. You know the you know the the reason we're in a, a, a bit of a problem at the moment is because of the Warnock signings and the fees he, and the extravagant wages he had. He did a great job for us, but he's also the creator of many of the problems we see today with the, the personnel and the wages he brought into the club. Um, but surely they can see the benefit of having these um, academy players where fans are going to adore them. You've got future income levels that the club need to survive because we we spent thirty forty million pounds who's going to walk out of this club this summer for nothing. Mm. It's, it's just madness. But um, yeah. well, it has um... to be the future of any sustainable football club now because I don't think the championship is going to enjoy the riches it has um, previously. You know, it's going to be one of the downsides of the pandemic is that income is income levels are changing. The commercial yeah. opportunities are not as great anymore. They it's have the to future. be a lot more sustainable models. So yeah, yeah, hundred percent right. It's a, it's we can't a, rely on sugar daddies anymore because those sugar no. daddies get bored and they get turn their back on clubs and suddenly yeah. you've got one hundred fifty billion pounds of debt or whatever it is. Yeah. So you have to be sustainable nowadays. I think. I've never been called a sugar daddy, in, 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 you know, at any at any stage by anything, which is a shame. Because I, 
<laughs> I would have, I would have liked, I would have liked that, you know. But, uh, but, but there we are. Um, looking at the um, at the Peterborough match, um, uh, I suppose there's five or six changes. It's going to be, and what, any, any, you know, any thoughts from you, Nigel? Uh, team for I suppose the formation stays the same. We've got that issue with Doughty, so Bagan, I guess, must occupy the left hand side slot. Yeah, well, he, he clearly rested a few yesterday, didn't he, for the Peterborough game? Um, the interesting thing will be who he starts with up front. Who would you start with up front? <laughs> I mean, it was Kiefer Moore or no one, wasn't it? And yeah. now we've got four or five options. So <sighs> is it different? Um, uh, what's it? The boy we signed, Hugh Gill. I think they're going to start with Hugh Gill. Um, yeah. And the other, uh, what's the guy who scored the winner at Barnsley? Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, I think he's going to be on the bench to come off second yeah. half as an impact yeah. player. Um, who you play alongside him? I'm not quite sure. Does, okay. does Mark Harris have another go or not? I know. I'm not quite sure. But I think that'll be the interesting thing is who they go with up front. Yeah, Simon. The rest of the team, mm. I think, pretty much picks itself. Picks itself, doesn't it? Yeah. No, I, I agree yeah. with Nigel. I mean, I hope we bring back five centre backs. I think there's one thing that's going to stop the opposition score, and it's five centre backs. Maybe even six. Not joking. No, I completely agree. <laughs> I think um, I think it's going to be a very similar side to the Barnsley starting eleven. I don't see. There's no. There's no time to gamble, is it? At this point, no. you know, against um, a fellow sort of struggler, as it were. So I think it'll be a sensible decision with some weapons like uh, on the bench to bring on later on. Who would Who would be your two up front to start? Oh God! Well, I'd probably go Hugo and Harris. Because I like alliteration. Oh, that's nice, yeah. And it goes with yeah. McGuinness Flint as well. So it's, you know, yeah, it's good. Good for the oh. Wales. The Wales online writers need a bit of help with certain things. So uh, a bit of alliteration. <laughs> they will help. So I, I, yeah, I, I think. I, so. I, I personally, I personally, I would go Hugo, but I, I I'd start with Isaac. I, I like, I like that mm. because Hugo is fairly mobile, and Davis is very mobile. And yeah. you know, in a game like that, a bit of you know pace, and like we said, you know, he, he didn't seem to have any nerves. He just yeah. gets on with it, just takes people on. So you know, but we'll cool. see. I'm going to go. It's going to be a, a nail biter. I'm going to go for a one nil city. I think two nil city. I think it's going to be nil nil till about the seventieth minute. And like Nigel said, then we we might nick a goal, and then they've got to come out and really push on because a defeat is you know disastrous for them. And we'll, we'll get a bit of space and bring some sp- some of speedy players on towards the end and, and nick another one. I think it's going to be a, a two one. Uh, I I just don't think they ever give us a comfortable ride. <laughs> That's true. Thank you both. Great show. Loads, loads of good stuff there. And uh, again, for anyone who hasn't looked at it, have a look at all the comments. There's fantastic comments coming in on, on, on Facebook as well. Thanks a lot, guys. The Cardiff City Show on GTFM is sponsored by Moonerums, your local personal injury solicitors. Get in touch by calling Cardiff 02920 483 615. That's Cardiff 02920 483 615.